Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Why are we here this morning? Why did you decide that you were going to use up your whole Sunday morning to get dressed, travel, sit through this service, and go home? It's an interesting question. And for some of us, we might not even think to ask ourselves why we do this and why we do it week after week, year after year. But our gospel text today kind of gets at the question, the why of church. And it shows us that if we are here for the wrong reasons, we can get burnout, we can get bitter, and perhaps even drop out unless we are changed. And we can also learn from this text and the other readings that if we are here for the right reasons, we will grow in faith towards God and we will grow in love for our neighbors. In our gospel, we see Jesus and his disciples entering a village. This was a great honor and the village would have been filled with excitement. Remember, a couple weeks ago, Jesus had just sent out 72 disciples into all the places that he was going to be visiting. He sent them out two by two. And these 72 disciples performed miracles and told the people, they told them this, that the kingdom of God was at hand. And that the king of that kingdom would be coming to their towns and villages. The people would have been curious and excited to see Jesus because these messengers told the people that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, who had come from God. One woman in particular was not going to miss out on this opportunity to meet the one who the messengers spoke of. She believed the messengers that the kingdom of God was coming and that the kingdom of God was coming to her village. And she wanted to be the first to welcome Jesus. This woman's name was Martha. Martha lived with her sister Mary, who was also excited about Jesus' visit. Martha decided that she was going to get to Jesus before anybody else did. And she was going to have Jesus come to her house. And this meant everything at her house had to be fit for a king to the best of her ability. She had to have everything perfect for this occasion. And it was and it was at first, but it didn't take long for things to get out of hand for Martha. You see, unlike the two messengers that came ahead of Jesus, there were 12 men traveling with Jesus, as well as a number of other followers. Perhaps even some of the 72 were with Jesus because they had returned to him. Perhaps it was a whole crowd of people coming to this village. More than that, Martha, 
probably would have wanted some of her family and friends over for this special occasion as she hosted the preacher whom they believed was the Messiah promised by God. As you can imagine, Martha was under a lot of pressure. And you know what? Even if nobody else was there, I think Martha would have felt this pressure. She wanted things to be perfect for the Messiah. She would have wanted to make him happy because if this is God's representative, Jesus deserved the very best that she could offer. Now we don't know if Mary volunteered. Some people get volunteered. <laughs> we don't know if Mary volunteered for hosting or not, but Mary, but um, Mary couldn't work when she saw Jesus. She could do nothing other than sit at his feet and listen to his teaching. Mary needed to hear what Jesus was saying. She couldn't think about serving Jesus. She needed Jesus to serve her. But Martha, she was distracted with much serving. And in her serving, I think that Martha felt alone. No one else was pitching in. Everyone was sitting around waiting to be served. Was she supposed to serve them all? They better not be expecting that. And here, Jesus is paying attention to all of them, paying attention to Mary. And nobody's paying attention to Martha. Nobody appreciated her contributions or saw all that she was doing behind the scenes. What Martha was going through takes place in our church all the time. Including my years of service in the church before becoming a Lutheran, I have worked in churches for 23 years. I have seen a lot of people work hard with very few people recognizing their, their efforts. I myself have overlooked the hard work of a lot of people. I have also been in Martha's shoes myself, feeling like I was doing all the work and nobody was appreciating me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever thought, I sure wish someone would step up and help me with this. Have you ever thought, I don't know why I even bother, because no one appreciates what I give to that church. Some people just come on Sunday. Some people never tithe. Some people never volunteer for anything. And yet pastor spends more time with them than I ever get. I overemphasized that paragraph <laughs> on purpose. Martha had enough. And you can tell from the text that Martha was not one to bury her feelings. So she went up to Jesus and said, 
Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Assuming that Jesus agreed with her, she continues, Then tell her to help me. (laughs) I like that. She knew that Jesus would agree. (laughs) And you know what? This could have been embarrassing. This could have been a scene. And I'm sure that Martha was embarrassed as Jesus looked at her and said her name. Not once, but twice. Jesus answered her saying, Martha, Martha. Jesus knew her. Even though she had just met him, Jesus knew her. Jesus was there in that place to teach her about the reconciliation between God and man that he would bring to the world through the shedding of his blood on the cross. He was there to teach her about the baptism that would unite her to his work that he was going to accomplish for her and the entire world. He was there to teach her about how he was coming, not to condemn her, but to take away her condemnation, the condemnation that her sins deserve. He was there to bring her eternal life. Jesus knew Martha, and Jesus was there to save her. She thought that she had come to serve the Lord. And for that, she was going to need help. But he wasn't there to be served. He was there to serve her. In order to make her realize this, Jesus got to the heart of her problem in one sentence so that he could replace the heart of her problem with what he was already giving Mary. That is... He wanted to give her his life-saving word that points to his death and resurrection for her forgiveness. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious. You are troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which can never be taken away from her. Anxious and troubled about many things. Does this describe you? This description of Martha often describes me. Too often it describes the way that we feel about church. For many of us at church, we look at it as a long list of things that we need to accomplish. We have grounds to take care of. We have events to throw. We have books and records to keep. We have food to make. We have things that we are asked to volunteer for that we don't want to do. We have kids to wrestle in the pew. We have Sunday clothes to buy. We have people straying from the faith that we need to visit and call on. And the list goes on and on and on. 
Some of us, when we think about church, we can get anxious because there are so many things to be troubled about. These things can actually make us angry at others in church as Martha became angry with Mary. These things can make us angry at the pastor and at God himself as Martha became angry at Jesus for not noticing her. When church becomes just one more thing to do without any benefit, we can and want to get away from it altogether. We can say like many before of us before us have said, let someone else do it. And we'll see how they get along without me. Jesus looks at you and he says your name. He says that name that he baptized you into. He says you, not just Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Jesus is here this morning to give you that one thing that is necessary. He is here to serve you, to give himself to you. He gives himself to you, washing you clean from your sins. He gives himself to you in the words, in his word, that speaks of his loving work that he accomplished through the hardest of ways. He gives himself to you in his very body and blood, given and shed for you. What more can he give? He gives himself. And unlike us, he lays down his life willingly, whether we notice him or not. If you feel burnout from all that you're doing in church, or just if you feel burnt out anywhere else, do this. Take a break. Your service is no good to anyone if you aren't first receiving the one who gives you peace through his service. Maybe your job is stressful and you can't think about volunteering at the church. Then I say don't volunteer at the church. Come and sit at Jesus' feet. If you are worried that if I don't do this at the church then it won't get done, then I think this text is telling you to stop working for now. You need to sit at Jesus' feet. If you are angry at others for not serving, then you should probably stop serving for a time and sit at Jesus' feet. You need to hear. You need to read. You need to feast on his word and teaching. Because guess what? Your strength is dried up. You can't bear fruit if you don't have roots. And you can't have deep roots without being grafted into the vine. Neither Martha nor you nor I are indispensable. indispensable. Remember, Jesus fed 5,000 
men, not including women and children, 5,000 without Martha lifting a single finger for work. The church doesn't depend on Martha. It doesn't depend on you, and it doesn't depend on me. It depends on Jesus. We depend on Jesus. So why are we here this morning? Like Mary, we are here to be served by the one who came to serve, by the one who came to give his life as a ransom for many. And I pray that all of us would see this worship for what it is, divine service. That means God's service, where God in the person of Jesus serves us. And as we sit at Jesus' feet, we will be transformed by his love and his service to us. We will be transformed into people who love God and get this, serve with thanksgiving. We will serve our neighbor with thanksgiving upon really receiving him. If you're trying to do stuff for God, you're going to get burnt out. Paul in our Colossians writing said that God did stuff through him. That means he first received. It's a good example for all of us to to follow, to receive. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.